Hi, I'm Aaron Perfetto from Johnston, Rhode Island, a student pharmacist from the University of Rhode Island in Kingston. Hi, I'm Vanessa from Lisbon, a student pharmacist from Instituto Universitário Ega Juniz in Almada, Portugal. You're listening to Pharmacy Forward, a podcast about transforming knowledge into action. In this episode, we talk with Dr. Christina Butler, Manager of Clinical Pharmacy Specialist in Primary Care at Providence Medical Group in Portland, Oregon, and a board-certified pharmacotherapy specialist and ambulatory care pharmacist. I'm Joshua Fleming from the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy, and welcome to the Pharmacy Forward podcast. This is the third podcast in our series on the pharmacist-patient care process. Today, I'm joined by our guest, Dr. Christy Butler, Manager for Clinical Pharmacy Specialist at Providence Medical Group in Portland, Oregon. In her current role, she currently manages over 20 clinical pharmacy specialists, four PGY2 ambulatory care residents, And if that doesn't keep her busy enough, she's also a leader nationally through ASHP, where she's recently been elected to the Board of Directors and just finished a term serving as the chair of the ambulatory care section. Christy, I'm so happy that you could join us today, and I look forward to hearing more about your perspective on the pharmacist-patient care process. Josh, I'm really happy to be here and have this conversation. Christy, before we get too far into this pharmacist-patient care process, with a number of folks that you're managing and all of your, your residents and those kind of things, can you tell me a little bit more about what your position is at Providence Medical Group and, and the area that you're serving? So, actually, my team is one piece of a much larger ambulatory care pharmacy services for the Providence Medical Group of Providence Health and Services in the Oregon region. So throughout our ambulatory care services, we have primary care pharmacy, which is the team that I work with, as well as um, anticoagulation and pharmacotherapy clinics that manage specialty medications with our 340B program. We also have a medication assistance program, a central refill service and prior authorization service, and some med safety and supporting the clinics with their medication acquisition process. So we have a very large, robust pharmacy services in general. And then within the area that we practice is clinical pharmacy specialists. As you mentioned, we have over 20. Um, Currently, we're at 22. um, Primary care clinical pharmacy specialists who support, I think at last count, about 45 primary care clinics across Oregon. Wow. So with that many folks that you're you're managing, I would imagine keeping consistency among those is sometimes a little bit tough. From what I understand about this pharmacist-patient care process, the purpose is, is to create some sense of consistency in the way that pharmacists approach patient care. So how do you guys, knowing that this is not second nature to most of us at this point, how are you making sure that you're getting consistent patient care across your 45 different locations? So while the language of the patient care process is new, the concepts are longstanding for those of us who've provided direct patient care. So our process in providing consistent care, I think, starts with who we hire. Um, We have 
pretty strict criteria on our background expectations for training. And then in our, even through our interview process, we are looking for people who are going to be able to practice the way we practice in a consistent manner. And there's lots of great programs around the country that put out pharmacists that do. So as part of our initial hiring processes and then through our orientation, we start implementing our peer review process from the beginning um, and have an orientation process where our new pharmacists are training and orienting with established pharmacists to make sure that we're all practicing the same way. And then as the newer practitioners are in their own clinics, we have methods for both management and peer review. That sounds like a very robust uh, method to keeping everybody in line um, (laughs) and keeping everybody trained at the same level. And I think it's a great opportunity for uh, those of us who are managing lots of folks to think through that in a way that makes sense. So what happens if somebody ends up out on maternity leave or on medical leave or something like that? How do you make sure that the services get covered consistently from one place to the other? Yeah, in our medical group, we have been part of the patient center medical home for over 21 years, even before we called it patient center medical homes. So we've been part of the interdisciplinary um, primary care teams for a long time. And as that, as our chief um, executive often says, pharmacy is part of the fabric of how we provide care within our medical group. So when we have a pharmacist who goes on maternity leave or is on vacation or anything like that, we have processes to cover each other. Um, And sometimes that means stretching a little bit to make sure that no clinic goes without a pharmacist, but that's what our clinics have come to expect. That's how kind of vital our pharmacists are to how our clinics function and how our patients receive care. Is there an example that you can show that has demonstrated the consistency amongst your pharmacists? Yeah, this is one of my um, kind of favorite stories to tell, especially when we're talking to prospective pharmacists about the benefits of being part of our team is that we have a very strong teamness um, to our group. One of our physicians, I was visiting their clinic, and it was a practice that actually was a little bit newer to pharmacy services because they were outside the Portland area. So we only added pharmacists to their clinics about five years ago. And so I was visiting, and one of the physicians was telling me how much They loved their pharmacist, which is pretty normal to hear when I go out to the clinics. But he was also commenting that there are times when his pharmacist is busy with patients and he's called our central pharmacist line, which is our one of our processes to have a backup coverage for each other. And he called with a question. And so he got the pharmacist that was on the coverage schedule. And so he commented how wonderful this consult was from this other pharmacist. And then he commented like, and then another time I called and I got yet a different pharmacist and they were awesome too. And he sounded so surprised. And I kind of laughed at him and I was like, I, I appreciate that you think your pharmacist is, you know, the best thing since sliced bread. But I one of the things we pride ourselves in is that all of our pharmacists are providing this incredible level of care and that we're going to 
get consistent results. So when we have to cover for each other or if we move pharmacists from clinic to clinic because of leaves or departures or whatever, there is very little transition time. There's not a big drop-off from one to another. We have a pretty consistent product that we offer. Christy, that sounds awesome. I wish that we all had something like that. And it sounds like you've done a very good job at building that that kind of good training model that's been able to to show that. I mean, we definitely try to be in an environment where that is important. And thinking about that training model and thinking about um, the other hat that you wear, uh, involves residents and I'm sure students along with that. So what are you guys doing in your clinics or in your setting to help get that patient care, pharmacist patient care process ingrained into our learners? Because I feel like that's something that we all need to be working on. But when it's not our nomenclature that we use every day, sometimes it's a little tough to do. Exactly. I think that's been one of the things that we are internally struggling with, not the concepts around the process because those are longstanding, like I said before. And so what we've tried to do is embrace the concepts of it and it may be structuring it slightly differently in our mindsets um, for some of our more seasoned pharmacists, but we're trying to help develop our learners all the different elements of the process are really foundational in their skills and abilities around collection of information, in their critical thinking and decision-making, in the assessment, in the formation of the plan, and then is then how do you move that forward to implementation and follow-up. So all of these are concepts that I think um, are well-established, um, and we're continuing to maybe refine our terminology so that we're speaking the same language as our learners. I agree. Um, I, I struggle with this as well. Like you, I think we we kind of grew up in the pharmacist care plan model. And so the terminology was a little bit different, but it's basically the same concepts. And so I actually have a little stress ball on my desk that has the pharmacist patient care process on it to kind of help me remember those different terms and help me to think in that way as I'm trying to teach my students and my residents and, and the different clinics that we're in. Yeah. Change is always a little bit challenging. Often we're asking our learners to change to meet our styles, and this may be an opportunity where those of us in precepting roles need to change our processes to match our learners. So when thinking about this process, and, you know, we've both struggled at our, our individual institutions, how do you think we're doing on a, on a larger front at getting this process implemented? Do you think there might be some things that we need to change in our practice or anything of that nature? There's probably two parts. On a national perspective, I think there are groups that have been practicing this way, using these concepts, maybe just not the same terminology or nomenclature. And then there's probably groups of pharmacists who the concepts in and of themselves are also newer not just the terminology. So I think we've done a really good job with our schools and our residencies because this is a standard of both ACPE and ASHP residency accreditation. I think one of the conversations I'd like to see happen is, is the process a tool for pharmacists to use in our ability to collect the right information and assess and develop a plan, et cetera, et cetera? And 
Or is it meant to change how we're communicating and documenting? And I've seen conversations with the process that suggest both, that pharmacists should change the way we're documenting to use the elements of the process. For me, that's a conversation that I would like to have, is recognizing the value of the process, but figuring out maybe more clearly, is this a tool? for us to use, or is it a product that we sort of all should be using? If you were looking towards the future, if we're able to get this process implemented well, what sort of impact do you think this will have on patient care as we move forward with this process? I think it's a valuable tool. I think the concepts around this are important as we want to elevate pharmacy and continue to expand the role of the pharmacist in patient care. The concepts around making the patient centered through the process is really important and having the pharmacist communicating and coordinating and documenting our work so that other healthcare team members are aware and involved back and forth developing for a patient care plan. I think all of that is really critical. And it's a way, I think using the process is a way to have pharmacists in every setting, regardless of the types of activities that we're providing, to approach patient care the same way. I think that's where the big benefit is. Certain pharmacists may do the entire process from start to finish in other environments. Different pharmacists may have different pieces of that process. There may be some times when the process is focused and there will be other practices where it's a very comprehensive, deep dive into everything going on with the patient. And so I think as we move forward, regardless of environment of care or the types of services provided, The pharmacist-patient care process offers a consistent way for all pharmacists to approach patients and is a valuable tool for us to use. Well, Christy, that sounds like a good, good point to end on. We greatly appreciate your time today and greatly appreciate your your expertise in this area. It's been a pleasure hearing about some of the concepts that you guys have done to, to have consistent patient care at your institution and some of the struggles. Again, Christy, thank you so much for being here on the Pharmacy Forward podcast, and we look forward to hearing from you again in the future. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for listening to Pharmacy Forward, a podcast about transforming knowledge into action. If you like this podcast, please subscribe using your favorite podcast app and tell all your pharmacy friends and colleagues. Be sure to rate us and send us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a story you'd like to share about someone who's transforming knowledge into action, send us an email. Pharmacy Forward is produced by the Division of Pharmacy Professional Development at the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy. For more information about our professional development programs, visit pharmacycpd.org. That's pharmacycpd.org. This episode was conceived and developed by Ha Fan, Alex Mills, Megan Brown, Laurie Fleming, Josh Fleming, and Stuart Haynes.